where you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned in to Casually Molly with Molly and Boogie. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergy. As you already know, or if actually, if you're just tuning in, we interview artists, entertainers, anything that you could possibly imagine that people are doing these days each and every other week, sometimes a little bit in between, but I am very honored to welcome artist Monk to the podcast. Give it up for him. The crowd goes wild. All this good stuff, you know, professional beatboxer over here. I was about to say, I love those sound effects, so that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> hey, no problem. No problem. Actually, fun fact, when I asked for a guitar at the age of seven, my mom bought me a turntable, and uh, I was quite confused, but I became uh, I became a pretty good turntablist or DJ um, in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Heard I it here first. did not know that about you. You heard it here first. I love it. I love it. Uh, Monk, before we go into the whole interview and spiel about who you are, what you do, uh, I know you have a song called Skywalker Out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and where we can find it? Yeah, so during the pandemic, um, I got really uh, nerdy and got into Star Wars. And it was just, uh, you know, I grew up up being a pretty spiritual kid, a lot into meditation and and the whole works and everything. So once I dove into Star Wars and saw, like, the correlation of how uh, the writer uh, just built all of that, the balanced life and spirituality, the lightness and darkness into the storyline, I was just enamored. I I loved it. I loved everything about it. And so I... uh, Kind of if you listen to my music, I don't know if any of you have, but if you listen to it, um, I'll stream platforms right now. Go go right now. Um, then you'll realize that I kind of talk about a lot of spiritual stuff and, and maybe political stuff or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it was just kind of following the same lines as, uh, of what I usually talk about, but it was in the vein of, of Star Wars, therefore why I called it Skywalker. Uh, but it, it is really a song that talks about, you know, uh, kind of feeling alone, i.e. pandemic, being on lockdown. Um, I was in my apartment all alone, um, you know, downtown St. Louis. And so I was just kind of in that vein, and I took that time to really dive into my spirituality, do meditation and everything, and I felt like that was a really neat way to kind of let it out without being like, hey, this is a song about meditation and spirituality. So, voila, Skywalker. I love it. I love it. Thank you for telling us a little bit about the background. I heard it when we were over at Midcoast. Oh, and James and Key are on it. There you can see it, Monk Skywalker. I personally listened to it on Spotify. It's a great song. I had it on repeat at my desk at my day job. Um, And then, I, like I said, I heard it at Midcoast, and I was like, I want to listen to the whole song. Um, What? You know, I know this maybe sounds like a general question, but... When do you think you had that moment where it clicked for you, where you were like, I want to go into music professionally? Mm, That's a good question. So um, I was probably like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And my brother was in a band. They were doing stuff, talent shows and and regular uh, concerts. And this was like late 90s. Uh, Aging myself a little bit here. But... Uh, yeah, so it was in the late 90s, and I just saw kind of like what he was doing and how people responded to it, and it was before I really ever got, you know, picked up an instrument seriously or anything, uh, and I was just like, I want to do that. You know, it was a little brother-big brother thing, just being super observative and wanting to do anything that he did. Um, and then I did a talent show, my eighth grade talent show, um, I did Slayers, Rain, and Blood with my band. I had a band at this point in time. We did Slayers, Rain, and Blood. It's a heavy metal, thrash metal song um, that came out in the mid-'80s. Once again, aging myself. And after that, my brother was like, hey, you want to be in my band? And and a month later, we were touring uh, the United States. Uh, So at that point in time, that whole era, I don't really remember have an exact period of time. but in that era, it was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do forever. 
All right. And so far, so good, I'm assuming. You were telling me that you were doing um, some work over actually on the West Coast earlier this year. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, go to L.A. uh, every so often. Pandemic slowed that down for me. But now that, you know, this year I got to go uh, once so far. Um, So, yeah, yeah. A lot of connections in L.A. It's just one of those things that, you know, uh, you do something long enough. Uh, and go to a place like New York City or L.A. or depending on, you know, even Houston or Atlanta, depending on Nashville. Um, And you just make connections and you're going to find something. So that's what I've done in the last five, six years in L.A. and got to the point where, you know, I'm I'm making music with some um, pretty heavy artists and and producers and all that stuff. So it's really neat. It's a a really neat thing. for anybody listening, any any musicians or artists that may maybe not have taken that trip yet, uh, you, you know you're always going to go out there. There's a there's a light of like feeling like you're going to be a small fish in a big pond or something like that. But I say have a different you know have the the opposite perspective. You know that you're a big fish in a small pond because you get into the right um, crowds there. You know or a place like L.A. Um, and you're going to feel, you're going to feel that way. You're going to probably feel more uh, appreciated there than you are in your hometown, you know? Absolutely. I felt the same way when I went out to LA, um, I did a show out there and my boyfriend and I, he also does comedy. So we went out to LA for nine days. I used some vacation time and I've always appreciated the, uh, love and respect for music out in LA, especially in the live, like my live music industry. Uh, was there a specific venue out there or a show that you did that was really memorable to you in that area? Uh, yes, there's a lot of stuff, to be honest with you. Um, some stuff I don't want to talk about, but online, but, or on air. Sure. But, um, but yes, I played 2014 or 15, I played at the House of Blues on the Sunset Strip. Um, it's no longer standing. They demolished it, I think, like a month after I played it. See, this is the effect I have on venues, so hire me, guys. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, I played that and I walk in and the guy who books me is for some reason the door guy, too. I don't know how that happened because it's usually not the case. But he's the door guy as he's sitting there and he's uh, smoking a joint while he's rolling up another one. And he's got his list of of names and everything that you need to be a door guy and box of money. And um, I was like, yo, what's up, man? And he's like, yo, monk, dude. He's like, check it out. You'll never believe it. And he brings me in closer, and he's like, guess who I, guess who's sitting at the bar right now? And I was like, who, man? Because I was like, it wasn't one of my first times to L.A. And my uncle was with me who has lived in L.A. since the 80s. And, and I was like, who's at the bar? And he's like, it's Monk, bro. You know, the dude from the show Monk. I can't think of his name. But, uh, but yeah, he apparently was at the bar, too. And, um and he was like, so, you, you know, Monk and Monk is here, bro. It's crazy. And he goes to hand me a joint. I'm like, I'm good, man. Um, and just kind of walked past. I'm like, where do I put my stuff? And so, now, yeah, sure enough, I started playing. And, and dude came down and, and uh, got a drink for me. And we shared some conversations. I am terrible as far as, like, remembering uh, exact moments in time. But, yeah, that happened. He got me drunk. And it was a good night. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a great time. Um, you should definitely be hired, though. You've been playing a lot of venues here. Um, for those of you who don't know, our podcast is uh, casually based in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, but you've been playing all around the area. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was about to say, any venues here that you've enjoyed and uh, what kind of shows have been happening around? I know you were at the Gramophone, too, recently. Is that correct? Yes, I enjoy all the venues in St. Louis. I enjoy all the venues everywhere hire me no uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i that's serious though um i every venue i've played especially this year uh working under the pandemic rules and 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 or building back up due to the pandemic i mean everyone is doing such amazing job i think um everybody is i think even if not more organized than they were before the pandemic as far as the music side of things go because i think they realize how hard hitting how hard it hit uh the music world and the entertainment industry in general during the pandemic so uh, i think there's a lot more um 
introspective or there's a lot more focus on on the role that we play inside of venues and bars and whatnot so i, I will say like a lot of them you know for urban chestnut gramophone um seven over in belleville uh broadway oyster bar you know all all have been great to me um there's a a, a new farm out uh, uh northern i don't know somewhere house springs i think it is missouri uh, Rustic Roof Sanctuary, amazing place. They have farmers markets every Wednesday. Um, probably having it it's today. Wednesday is today. Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Um, yes. Yeah. So they're having one right now. Um, yeah, amazing place. That was probably one of my newest ones I played at. That I was just totally amazed and, and loved the whole thing. So yeah, I would say like every venue has its its different thing. Some you're the spotlight and everyone's focused on you, and some you're the background. You know, and you just kind of have to figure out which is which, you know. Uh, but everything has its place. And, and, yeah, I love all the venues. Gramophone, shout out to Gramophone because, uh, one, uh, the Gramophone, I think I've never had so many people request music for me. And usually people are like, oh, I don't take requests. But I was just feeling it that day. I think it was a few Saturdays back during the day. It's like a 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. set. Um, and people were just requesting all three hours just requesting music and i was just looking them up on my phone reading what the notes were and just singing it and it turned out really cool um never done that before and i just was kind of like i just was like i know i can do this you know i might not know the songs perfectly but i know i can do this and it made everybody happy um tips all the way around and then gramophone was always accommodating with food and drink and everything you know so shout out to them definitely shout out to the gramophone one of my favorite places in town that's why i wanted to give a shout out to them uh we're going to go deeper into monk's artistry and everything that he's doing just right after this quick break with Monk, musician, artist. I mean, this is what I love about doing this podcast, right? Is that I have people who are very multifaceted, uh, do a lot of amazing, great things. Uh, Monk, can you describe uh, what what your style would be musically? Like if you could put that maybe into a word, a couple of sentences, uh, like when people go like, hey, what kind of music do you do? What would you tell them? Water. Yes, water okay. can be anything, can be in any form, in any way. Um, I know people always want some kind of specific genre to uh, be able to reference and place them into certain things. Um, but the way I taught myself and the way I've learned uh, through time, the past 20 years of playing is just that, you know, base it off emotion. You know, obviously there's science to music and everything. Uh, but once you get past the science and you can be able to start diving into your emotions and seeing how you can correlate that into frequencies and, and bring them out in an organized manner, then it doesn't really matter what what you're trying to make. Um, it just is kind of what it is. So I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because right now um, I would say I sound like soul, you know, on one day. And, and maybe if I'm a more upbeat, I'd be funk music. Uh, but just last night, you know, I wrote a metal song that was pretty, pretty heavy metal, you know, um, not anything alternative like System of Down, more like Cannibal Corpse or, or, uh, something really death metal like, um, you know, and then I was producing a rap song today, you know, so it's one of those things where it's just, uh, it's just based off of emotion and you can transfer and, and obtain these different emotions in different times and know where to place them and, and what to do with them. Um, so yeah, water, water. Wow. I yeah. love that. Big fan of water. So I'm yeah, sure I'm going to be a big fan of you. Yeah. Needed. Same. I was about to say, what kind of, uh, I was about to say, do you have a process into when you're approaching these different genres that, you know, go into this osmosis? What, is there a certain process that you have, or do you just kind of feel like everything comes to you and you dive right in? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think <laughs> at this point in time, uh, it's really just start with the drums 
and 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 bass you know that's the backbone of each song no matter what kind of music you're playing so uh start with that and then build from there and and there's always sounds going on in my head so it's just a matter of uh like i said transferring them kind of organizing them to well, okay these ones go over here and these ones go over there and this is that right and then placing them onto uh you know a daw or a recording platform for that matter a program um but yeah, so I would start out with drums and bass, man. Um, there's really not much thought besides that. I don't really do seances or, or you know, um, or anything like that, you know. Um, it's at this point in time in my life, I really just kind of wake up, sit down, press record, and just go. And, and it's just my process. Absolutely. I mean, I, that's what we just did just now for the Casually Molly podcast. That's the way I like <laughs> but, it. Uh, way we like it. I love it. I love it. Uh, no, I've, I've had the ability to get to know you and get to work with you. You've helped, you know, even behind the scenes in my podcast. So it's just really awesome to actually sit down and talk with you <laughs> and yeah. hear all about what you do. Uh, what I always want to know is, you know, we're, like I said, we are based in St. Louis. What brought you to the city of St. Louis? Because I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast are local. Uh, and how do you feel like, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but how do you feel like the music scene is received in St. Louis, Missouri? Hmm. Um, so I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, on the east side uh, over in Illinois. So... But like I said, you know, I was playing shows over here in St. Louis in 2002 over at the, uh, the old Creepy Crawl that no longer stands. Uh, it was probably one of my favorite places because it was just like a hole in the wall with, with all the things. But no, uh, to answer your question a little bit better without rambling too much, uh, I love St. Louis. I think I, I've been everywhere in this country, at least, and listened to lo uh, local music from each place. And there's just no musicians like I've known musicians in St. Louis. There's no hustle like I've seen hustle, but in St. Louis, um, I mean, the whole nine, really, you know, uh, there's always a pros and cons to any area. But as anyone should know, if you're a St. Louis and uh, since the beginning of St. Louis, it's been a rough town. Um, it's been, um, gone, we've gone through a lot, but we are resilient. And every time that something comes our way, uh, we always come out a lot stronger. And that shows a lot in the artist scene and the entertainment scene in general. Um, whenever we have, during the pandemic, we had so many venues shut down. Um, and it was, it was terrible, but as we saw, you know, just the beginning of this year and now, especially now, you know, those are new venues, they're bright, everything's new again, and, and we're ready to get out and, and, and get going again. So, um, that's, I, I, I love St. Louis. That's what keeps me here, even in the light of the fact of like, I feel like I've, I've done the best that I can do here, you know, to be honest, to be fully transparent, um. I've kind of hit my ceiling years ago, so I'm kind of just in a spinning world. Um, but I would rather, I wouldn't rather do it in any other place than here, other than you know, where the big industry is, like New York or LA or whatever. But if I could choose any place to build up my my talents or anything, there's no place like St. Louis. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I'm not originally from here, but I feel like as an artist and as a comedian and being in theater, I feel like St. Louis has actually played a really big part in that growth and that change. So I can relate to you on that. Uh, so it's really cool to relate on that with a native who understands. Uh, what I did want to ask you, we talked about you know, we meeting you and just mentioned like, you know, now things are opening up, you know, there's some bright new venues. Do you feel as an artist you have made like some positive transitions in uh, your creating uh, due to, even though sometimes I'll have artists on and they're like, I don't really like the package that it came in, obviously, but I did push myself to newer limits and, or, you know, newer strides and took all the limitations that I thought I had because of what we had been going through. Do you feel like there was a rebirth for you as a artist and creator during that time frame? During, you mean like the pandemic time frame or just mm -hmm. a, um, yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, uh, I like to just, I get bored with whatever I'm doing after so long um, and anything that I do. So, with, especially with music, because it's such a focus in my life. So, it was going to happen either way. The rebirth was going to happen either way. But the amount of focus I was able to actually do during the pandemic of, of 
focusing in. I had a whole album ready to go 2019 and everything and was going to lock and, and throw it out there. Um, March 13th is when we got shut down, and that was the day that was just kind of like, oh, okay, I get to go into my, my cave and, and focus a little bit harder, you know? Um, and I still haven't put out that album because it was like, it, it, you know, I found a new sound for myself and I'm still cultivating it and still cultivating it. And Skywalker is one of those songs that came out during that point in time, you know, um, where I had that sound uh, before the pandemic, but it wasn't quite as focused, you know, and now it's even more focused than, than Skywalker is. Um, so look out for, for new music. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely, definitely rebirthed, gave more time to being a multi-instrumentalist um, with keys and bass and, and drums and everything and focused a little bit less on guitar to be honest with you because um, uh, it's what I'm kind of known for my stronghold my primary instrument and focus a little bit more on everything else my vocals and songwriting abilities so so yeah I learned so much so so much and even on the back end the importance of uh, videography and, and editing and and you know uh, which really led me here uh, so yeah so much rebirth in, in, in that light definitely Absolutely. And I feel like, of course, like you kind of touched on this a little bit, there's always a rebirth and a change. And as an artist, you do go through a lot of different chapters and you're creating and focus and whatnot. But I do always find it very inspirational to hear people like you who are very talented, uh, just be so humble and saying that, you know, there was going to be a rebirth and there was going to be a change. And uh, I love that you were able to focus on other aspects too, that create and are under the umbrella of what monk is uh i'm always curious do you just play the guitar as well or do you have other instruments that you have in your collection of repertoire yeah so i mean i've i've played guitar uh for a little over 20 years but i grew up with a little bit of everything in my house so we had a full-on five-piece drum kit um you know guitars basses the microphone set up, you know, like I said, my brother was in a band and it was that whole like, you know, set up in the basement kind of thing. We lived in a Victorian house in Belleville, Illinois, um, and we just set up in the basement, uh, full band set up. So I, you know, when he wasn't home, I would mess around with everybody's stuff and, and learn like <laughs> that. And then once they realized I was actually good, you know, there was a day I was sitting there just playing and hadn't learned anything yet. Nobody taught me anything. And I had figured out how to play like, um, I don't remember what it was, like an uh, Iron Man or some Black Sabbath song or something like that. Just off the ear was playing on the radio and, you know, it was eight or nine at that point in time. And somebody was like, yeah, you're good. And then from there on, they're like, yeah, touch our stuff, bro. And uh, so, yeah, I learned all those instruments in that point in time. So, yeah, I mean, um, a really, I, I would say, um, you know, the basic kind of uh, five piece band setup is what I'm really good at um, now in the past five to 10 years I've learned that um, I've gotten pretty good at string and brass arrangements as well um, I can write them down I cannot play uh, like violins or I can't play uh, any brass instruments <clears throat> although my first instrument was a clarinet uh, which is a woodwind but yeah I can't play any brass oh. instruments or anything like that but I can arrange them inside of programs and obviously uh, you know notation as well but yeah, otherwise, yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, I get, like I said, I get bored a lot of what I'm doing. So if I'm sitting there and I'm playing guitar too much, I'm like, you know, let me learn something else, you know, or something of that sort. So I, I like to say I know a little bit of everything, but I might not be uh, too great at all those things. Um, but yeah, you know, it just comes with uh, the territory uh, of my severe addiction to music. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, what further, what, what other, you know, hole can I dive into this week? So yeah, I play a little bit of everything, I guess. Um, hmm. Listen to my music. I don't know. It's, it's, I love it though. So, I, I love that, that you. I just love that you tried everything. Like, and I say tried not in past tense, but trying everything. And I love that you're like, well, what's next? You know, that's what I always admire in people that create things is that they're always like, and what's going to be the next step? And what else could I try to do? Like, it, it's just always very inspirational to me, which brings me to the question. I know, obviously, you write your songs. Is there a specific inspiration that 
comes from that. Like sometimes as a comedian, I will write about like family experience or just observational things that I see during the day. Uh, but what mm -hmm. inspires as a musician, as somebody who's not really a songwriter, what inspires, you know, pen to paper or, you know, typing on the computer? What inspires the lyrics that we hear on your different music songs and albums? Well, as far as the lyrics go, I will say that um, I've always written. I've got tons of, just like any other writer, as far as uh, lyric writers, rappers go, I got tons of notebooks and everything. But I am a composition writer first and foremost. And so the composition, the, the instrument side of it comes out really quick, really fast. That's the side of the emotions that I have uh, down pat. The lyrics kind of take a little bit longer in that respect. Um, and it's because, I guess... I don't know which other way to put this besides in my perspective of like taking it too serious or something. Um, but they always, uh, you know, like I said, if you go on to uh, any streaming platform and listen to my music, that's M-O-N-K-H, um, you will see that a lot of my music is kind of on the, the civil rights, political realm, um, you know, uh, but uplifting in the same respect. And so... Uh, really, I think it's as easy as just, you know, and I'm a big history buff. Um, it's just as easy as kind of like either reading up or something happening, um, you know, outside, you know, um, police brutality. You know, I mean, the, the you know, systemic racism. I mean, you, you name it, you know, I got something to say about all of that stuff. Right. Um, and so that's really what, what puts the pen to paper there. I don't really I've never been the type of lyric writer that's like you know, oh, I want to write a song about, you know, and no offense to any, because I love all music or anything like this. This is just not the type of person I am um, to where I'm like, well, let me write a song about my grandma, but make it metaphorical to this or that. I'm just, I'm a straightforward writer. You know, what I want to say is going to be said right there and then, and you're going to know what, what I'm trying to say, you know. Um, so usually it is the lines of something happening in the world that, that, that gets me writing. Um, but I've tried to recently, I'm like, okay, so this is the way I am. Let me try to go the other way and write a little bit more about, you know, whether it's relationship style songs or, or whatever it is. So I've been diving more into that and it's been really, uh, interesting, uh, to say the least. And I would say, you know, obviously then it's like, you know, my, my girlfriend made me mad or something, you know, or, or getting emotion out about, you know, something I might not be over from a past experience or something of that sense. But usually it is of the political realm um, or of the spiritual realm that, that kind of breaks that pen on paper. Absolutely. I, I love that to know this now, and especially as I continue to listen to more of your music and discover more about you as a person, a friend, and a musician, uh, I'm going to keep all of this in mind. So I greatly appreciate that answer. Uh, I know that you and I have kind of talked about uh, meditation and whatnot. Um, and I think you have a podcast about that. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Mind, Body, and Monk on Loco Radio. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you got that all started? Um, so I was just ranting a lot on my Instagram uh, stories, <clears throat> just about, you know, anything spiritual. Um, and one of the managers of Loco hit me up and was like, you know, actually Key, as we know Key on the Casually Molly podcast, um, she hit me up and was like, yo, you know, do you, you should do a podcast like this. And I was like, you know, I always thought about it. I just don't want to come off like I know everything and try to be looked at as a guru or anything of that sort because it'll throw off my whole spiritual path, you know, it'll get in my head and all types of stuff. And, and, um, but essentially what happened is that, yeah, we started it, you know, uh, we started the Mind, Body, and Monk podcast. And, you know, I thought of the name and, and did all the graphics and everything myself and everything. And then, you know, obviously key produces and, and does the camera work. And, um, and it was really just every, every episode, just kind of finding somebody who doesn't usually get the voice, a voice in, in anything or spirituality or, or business or anything, but finding people who are business owners and, um, some way or another lining up with the, the topic that I'm talking about, whether it's healthy eating or if it's yoga or whatever the case is, right. Um, I've had tarot card readers, all the the whole nine of of, um, of beliefs, and uh, and finding that link of kind of like what brought them to that 
that point, what, you know, where their spirituality links up with their business lines. And so um, it's been really awesome. I, I love it so much. It's a hard muscle, though. Like I said from the beginning, like, it's a hard muscle because I, I'm the type of person that I, I do want to go off on my rants of, oh, this is what I believe in and all these things. Uh, but I realized that that's not necessarily the place. And it took me a minute um, probably the first whole season to realize like what I could actually do with the podcast itself um, besides like just be ranting like that. So yeah, I love it. I love having that podcast. I love every uh, everybody that I've met in the podcast. That's what podcasts are amazing. You meet so many awesome people and, and, and it's this cool conversation going back and forth. Um, so yeah, uh, um, I started guided meditations in the, in the meantime and I think that was the biggest revolution uh, for me, a revelation, revolution, revelation, it's kind of the same meaning, right? Um, but yeah, I think that was the biggest thing for me that was like, whoa, okay, this is having an effect here. People are really digging this, this, uh, this guided meditation thing. And so that's something that I've been marinating on. I've kind of focused back on my music right now. Um, but once I dive back into the Mind, Body, and Monk podcast, it might be that strict focus on guided meditation, because it just, I see how many how much it affects people and how strong it is um, that I feel like there's something there that needs to be cultivated a little bit more. Absolutely. I definitely feel that manifestation as well. Um, I feel like sometimes, like I remember when I first heard about meditation, I was like in my early twenties and I remember being like, Oh, that's such bullshit. Like that's not going to get me focused. Like that's not going to help at all. Like, you know how it is. I'm like, Oh, you know, I know what I want. I'm going to do what I do. I was very like same person I am now. But once I started opening myself up to that and taking that noise that was in my head saying, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I feel like it's made me a better writer, a better curator, a better creator and anything. Uh, would you say that, you know, meditation and, you know, focusing on mind, body, soul has made you a better musician in a sense, or not even a better musician, just kind of like your focus and your process into uh, creating your artistry? Completely in every single way and form, not just a better musician, but a better human being, um, uh, a very much more thoughtful and compassionate human being at that as a child, when you get really good at something and everybody around you is telling you you're amazing, you're the best, you're a prodigy, which weirdly enough, that was kind of like what was happening in my life. You know, it gets in your head and you don't know how to take care of that. You don't know how to, you know, push off the, the bad things that come along with that and, and cultivate the good things. And that's a lot what was going on in my mind at the time outside of even just my daily life um, and how I grew up. But uh, so that's where meditation came in at such a young age for me. Uh, I was 13 or 12, you know, really when music entered my life, meditation did too. I was trying to find an escape was what happened there. I was trying to find an escape for, uh, things that were going on in my life from a young child. And, and so, um, music and meditation came into my life and, and I kind of made both of them a, a mandatory thing. So by the time I was 18, um, Definitely still was a lot of an 18-year-old boy, but the meditation has helped me so much that it, it allowed me to rehearse a lot longer without, like, being off focus. You know, it, it allowed, allowed me to be focused a lot more um, without worrying about teenage things, right? Um, it allowed me to be more patient with my life, uh, with what I think success was at the time and is now, you know? Uh, still going through it all. It's funny, you know, it's the second that you might think, oh, I got this. I'm, I'm this far in my meditational journey. It's like you just drop completely down to st level one and start over again. Um, so uh, it's, it's, I, I can't, I can't even explain in words how much it's helped me because um, I'm still realizing and I don't know if I ever will realize, but it's become in every thing that I do. I'm meditating in every moment in time. And when I'm not, um, is when I'm making my mistakes. But it's something I want to say this too, um, that while I'm playing guitar, I've kind of made it a thing that that's, that's a very deep meditation for me. I haven't quite been able to do it with other instruments as much as guitar because I've just focused on that as my primary so much. But uh, while I'm playing guitar, that is a straight meditation for me. Um, and, right. and that's kind of where I'm in my zone. Like if you've seen the movie Soul, 
the Pixar movie Soul and that place I that they go seen to. I haven't it yet. Yeah, okay. they go to a place. I don't want to give up too much, but uh, when, you know, when you're in your spot, your, your zone, you know, pretty much, um, you go to this this place that's kind of like the afterlife. It's not really, you know, it's just kind of like that collective consciousness place. You know, that's that's where I go. That's that's kind of the same place you go when you're meditating as well. Um, so. When people, gurus, all alike say, you know, you can meditate all during the day, no matter what, you don't need to be in this position or whatnot, breathing and whatnot. Oh, well, you need to be breathing because you need to be alive. But um, <laughs> You just made me laugh so hard. I don't know why that happened. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Um, musicians can be kind of funny. Um, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you can meditate no matter where you are, you know, uh, and that's that's just really what it is. It's not something to think too hard about. It's just to keep in keep in your peripheral that this is I don't want to say something because it's always going to put something in somebody's mouth. But um, but like this is what we are. This is where we came from. And I'm here in this present moment right now. And this is what I'm you know, and I'm going to accept anything that comes my way. Um, kind of just having that mind state. Absolutely. That, especially that, I mean, I, other than I haven't seen soul yet, I related to everything you just talked about, especially that last sentence. Like I definitely feel how sometimes it's like, like, you know, you know what, sometimes in the beginning, even pre pandemic, I would always be a little concerned, like, Oh, you know, should I take this opportunity? I would always kind of second guess. And I feel like I'm not doing that anymore, which is a good feeling. And I really have meditation and taking the time to think about these things and think for that. So I totally I'm on the same page. Uh, but yeah, speaking of funny, I don't know why I was like coughing, laughing. I don't know what just happened, but <laughs> it's okay. It's a compliment. See, I'm doing it again. Um, allergy season for sure. Uh, <laughs> blame it on the allergies. Of, I'm going to blame it on the allergies. Took a lot for me today. And apparently it didn't work out. It's okay. Um, what I'll ask you, you know, when you go to a show, you know, speaking of kind of like connecting with yourself, have you ever had a, like, a, for example, for comedians, we always kind of laugh if we have like a really cool interaction with an audience member, not necessarily a heckler, but maybe after the show, you meet somebody, they say a night, something nice. Maybe they disagreed with something, but um, it's a little bit of a different genre and vibe. But as a musician, uh, after a show, is there ever an audience member that you maybe connected with that had uh, just something really nice to say or just a good connection with you? Or maybe it wasn't nice, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I mean, I've been playing... I've been playing shows since I was 13, so a flood of things came in my mind. <laughs> um, and let me start off with the funny one first. Um, okay. And this is, I could say whatever I want on this show, right? This is not, you know. Oh, yeah. Is this Sorry, FDA approved? Like, FDA approved? Yeah. Oh, this is okay. great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so when I was, man, like, when I was probably like 14 years old, and I was playing heavy metal back then and packing just venues. I mean, completely packed. It was just madness, you know, just almost out of a movie. People were just beating the crap out of each other wall to wall, you know, just throwing down um, girls and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we played this show. Don't remember where it was, but it was probably like 2005, 2006. And, and this girl comes out. And mind you, like I said, four, 15, 16 years old. We're still in high school. Um, and this girl finds me when I'm loading all my stuff back into the car. Um, and my, my best friend, one of my best friends, my bass player, Ben's parents were standing right there. And his parents were, were old rock stars and all that stuff. So they know the life and everything. Um, oh, that's a wow. whole other story, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, this girl comes out and she's just like all in my face. And, and now if you know me, I've always been this way. I, I don't play to that kind of life. I don't play to that groupie lifestyle kind of thing. So I've always been a little bit kind of hesitant and annoyed by it. Um, and this, and I was really forefront when I was a kid. So this was one of those times. And, uh, so she was all in my face and I was trying to be nice and everything, but she was like, she was like, oh. She said something along the lines of like, your guitar made me orgasm. And before I could say anything, Ben's mom was like, you're a whore. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that was at least the, the story that I was thinking about when you said, like, think of a story. But that's definitely not, like, a heart-warm story because, like, she, you know, she, she was like, oh, your, your guitar makes me orgasm. And then my friend's mom just right away, she was, she was just like, oh, you're a whore. And, and the little girl just, like, ran off really quick. You know, she was completely terrified um, and probably hated her life. And I don't know what happened to her. I hope she's okay. If you're out there listening to this, um, 
yeah, I hope you're fine. <laughs> anyway, um, so a, a heartfelt <laughs> one. I, I don't know. It, it happens. It happens a good amount of the time. I think most more than anything, like uh, a couple come to mind for a song I have called "I Swear." Uh, it's a very heartfelt, uplifting song. It's folky, so it's really easy to focus on the lyrics and stuff. And just to hear what that's done for people. I've had a buddy of mine that's a pretty prominent uh, dubstep DJ, tour the world, all types of stuff. And uh, he hit me up one time and, you know, told me that after uh, playing a show with a million people on stage, he went home or he went to his hotel and uh, did some uh, LSD and then got in the shower and turned on my song, I Swear. And then just sat there and, and sung it for like four hours straight and didn't realize he was in the shower the whole time. And he said it just made him feel so good about life and good about everything and where he was at. And it was a part of that moment. So I've had stuff like that. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And then um, other songs later on when I was doing Monk and the People, just people coming up and seeing the dynamics of the band, uh, all types of different people. For, you know, Monk and the People was a 10-piece funk group that I, I manned um, and put together back in 2016 and and just uh, all different types of backgrounds of people we all got together we are family still to this day um and so people would just come up and be like man i just love your dynamic that you have going on here the energy that you guys have and what you're talking about uh uh, as far as like, you know, civil rights and, and, and everything as far as that goes. Uh, it's just, uh, I think it brought some kind of hope for people. And that's essentially why I do what I do. Um, why I, you don't realize it when you're sitting there writing a the song, you're not like, you know, I want this to change the world. I feel like that's a really backwards ass way to look at writing like that. So um, when it comes and it happens and somebody's like, this has changed my life, you're just kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's right. It does have, you know, might have the power to do that. Uh, so those are at least the ones that have come into my mind um, and stuck. So, yes, the, the one girl <laughs> when I was a kid, um, <laughs> my buddy that does acid all the time, and uh, then the multitudes of people that came up and told us how, how great the dynamics and everything was was uh, with Monk and the People was. Wow. wow. I love both of those stories in like very different ways for each one. So I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> yeah, I like to give you a little bit of everything, you know. Well, yeah, that's your MO, Monk. A little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, what I will ask you, as I ask everybody that comes on this podcast, uh, first of all, thank you. For joining me this has been absolutely wonderful uh, like i said i for those of you who listen to the podcast thank you but if you're newer to this podcast i was so happy to have monk on because he is very talented uh you know you have like i said you've worked tech wise for my podcast uh, we've talked about you you've had like some little tidbits multiple times but i've never really gotten to sit down with you and like actually chat with you about what you do and what you're about so I really appreciate it. What casual advice would you give uh, to people, you know, maybe if they're pursuing the music industry or, you know, even just on their journey through um, their many artistic endeavors, what would advice would you give yourself previously that you know now? What casual advice? Don't. Uh, just do it to, because you love doing it. Don't worry about how many posts you're making a day. Don't worry about what you're doing as far as social media goes. Don't worry about keeping up with anybody but yourself. Do it because you want to do it. You're going to get a lot of yeses. You're going to get a lot of noes. Don't worry about either of those. You know, Just do it because you love doing it. Um, that because that's what's going to lead you through all of those times. You might one day get the best news of your life and either in the same day or a day later, get day later, uh, have something going on, which is the worst uh, news of your life, you know, and, and those two things are going to make you want to give up. But if you really love what you do, you're going to have no other choice been, but then to do it. So um, that's, that's the thing. It's just love what you do. Um, and in that, you won't ever stop doing it. And don't listen and don't worry about the social medias. Don't worry about having to drop an album or a single uh, this many times a, a year and all these things. Don't worry about that. Um, if that's your MO, then do it. If it's not, then, then you don't have to do it. And, and all that's off your shoulder. So do some, whatever you're doing. Just make sure that it's what you love to do. And you're going to be solid from there on. 
absolutely. I feel like everything, obviously you get a lot of different fundamentals along the way, um, but definitely when you first start out as an artist, you're absolutely correct. You really do have to love it. It can be a long road, it can be a hard road, but as you can see with all the accomplishments that Monk has, it's very much worth it. Uh, speaking of, Monk, what do you have coming up that we should know and uh, where can we find all your music? Uh, yeah, so before that, I was wanting also to add this, too. Um, there's oh. something I'm finding out about, you know, to, to piggyback off that last, that last question there. It's like something I'm finding out is that um, success is a lot like happiness. It's not necessarily like a destination. It's just a mind state. Um, that's kind of where I'm at in my life right now. It's like you're like, okay, well, once I have this, I'm going to be successful. Once I have this, I'm going to be successful. It's a lot what we do with our happiness, and happiness and success usually go hand in hand. But the thing is is that we're always stretching the barrier, right, and we're never necessarily reaching either. Um, so in turn, like, it's just a mind state. So I'm successful right now. I've done all these things and, and there's a lot of stuff that I still have to do and whatnot, but like, I'm successful in the fact that like, if, if I stop today or if my life stops today or whatever, you know, I feel successful in the fact that, you know, I have a loving relationship with my daughter. I've done amazing things musically and outside of music, uh, that, I, you know, brought me to Everything that's around my life right now is because I play music. All the people I know, everything that I do has brought been brought for some reason because I I picked up a guitar when I was nine, you know. So like that alone um, just feels successful to me. Uh, but what I have coming up and where you can find me, um, I have I'm playing Urban Chestnut September 18th from um, I believe it's from five to five to eight p.m. Um, then I am playing uh, Pops Blue Moon with a band September 24th, and that'll be 7 to 10, I believe. Um, and then October 1st, Broadway Oyster Bar, another full band show that I'll be having. Uh, trying to get the full funk band coming out, uh, Monk and the People style stuff. Uh, so if you're liking upbeat funk music, kind of a retro night kind of thing, uh, October 1st, Broadway Oyster Bar, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., just straight funk and soul music coming at you. And where you can find me is, number one, I would say go to Google and type in M-O-N-K-H, and then you'll see everything that I have to offer there is musically, at least. Um, <laughs> hopefully, another, all that other stuff's on that page. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, Instagram. Instagram's right down there, underscore, monk, underscore, uh, yep, and my Facebook just got deleted, so we're working on that, but we're going to bring that back soon, and that's usually uh, facebook.com slash monkus, which comes out monkus, monkus. Nice, nice. Um, that really actually makes me feel better, uh, because I tried to fast, like Facebook message you for this, and I thought I got blocked, so I am like, oh, no, so many personal. people came to me. Yeah, so many people were like, oh, you blocked me. And I was like, I wish I did. <laughs> Shoot. Over 10 years of Facebook got deleted and hacked and deleted, like crying over in a corner secretly. I was like, all I want is to have Monk casually on my podcast. So I was like, hey, Chris, is Monk at Midco Studios? <laughs> What's going on, Midco Media? Uh, but that's my love. I love the Midco family. Uh, Monk, yes. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate um, you. At the end, oh, I appreciate you. We could just go back and forth about this all day. Oh, yeah. uh, but what are you going to casually do now, now that our episode is over? Uh, I'm going to casually get some food. Uh, probably, you know, enjoy the rest of the day as far as the weather goes. And uh, once again, you know, probably light something up and, and have a relaxing night. All right. I like how that sounds. Um, well, I will casually see you soon, hopefully in person, but thank you for joining me for this virtual interview. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. At the end of this episode, we're going to play Monk Song Skywalker. Thank you very much. Casually subscribe, everybody. Bye, Monk. <laughs> see you.